Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies Broadcasters Season 3, Episode 4. My name is Luke Hatfield. As ever, I am joined by Mr. Matt Wilson. Matt, how are you? Very well, thank you, Luke. You good? How was your week off? Oh, my week off was lovely, thank you. Just went to a little lodge um, up in Bewdley in Worcestershire. Um, so not very far away at all, but uh, just got out of the house, spent time with the kids, time with a few friends. Yeah, it was good. Have you recovered from last uh, from your deathbed last uh, last episode? I think so, yes. Um, I, I haven't coughed for about two or three days, so it should be okay. All right, fingers crossed. It's all right. <laughs> Not a bad weekend anyway. Just the one just gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was great. Uh, I've not been to Kenilworth Road before, and I'm glad I got to see it before, obviously, you know, they knock it down and, and, and they move into a new stadium. Mm. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's almost like I saw somebody on Twitter, and I do apologise if, if this was you, and I, haven't, I can't remember who it was, and I haven't attributed it which is poor form for me, but they described it as the ground which time forgot, which I, I thought was quite apt because it is, yeah. you know, it, it it is a throwback of, really to, um, you know, those um, sort of lower league grounds that, that do look sort of haphazard and, and thrown together and cobbled together. And in some ways, those, those grounds, although they are perhaps no longer fit for purpose and do need to be... Um, knocked down and replaced with, with, with more modern stadia, it... There is a sort of romantic element to them, mm. and I quite, I quite liked the, um, you know, the the rainbow pattern of seats that that were in the main stand, um, the close nature of the uh, of the seats to the to the pitch. You know, I I can't remember being in a press box that was that close to the pitch. Perhaps maybe at uh, White Hart Lane, but you, yeah. you're very low down in at that, at that ground and Stamford Bridge as well. Um, but at Kenilworth Road, you've got a great view, apart from one of the goals, which is obscured <laughs> by a pillar. Um, and you know, you could really, you really felt like you were in the thick of the action. You know, we could feel the the the, the booze coming for Nathan Ferguson. Yeah. You could hear the conversations the players were having. You could, you know, th- there is something to be said about that. Um, but again, I do understand for why, for safety and other reasons, um, these grounds. Um, do have to be uh, replaced and, and, and modernised and upgraded. Strange that the dugouts are on the opposite side of the pitch for me. That's is, is I know it's it's not something which many fans will probably pick up on, but I'm kind of used to being behind the dugouts. I preferred it to be honest. I like the fact that um, Bilic and his team had to walk across the pitch. Mm. You know, it gave the fans an opportunity to uh, to sing to him and, and an opportunity to you know um, engage with the players and and and, and the manager. Mm. Um, so I quite liked it personally. But I, like you say, it is unusual for the press box to be uh, the other side from the dugouts. But um, no, I thought it, I thought it was uh, I thought it was good because um, then you could see it was easier for me to see what Billich was up to mm. uh, than, than it normally is at other grounds where you sort of see the back of their heads. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and that's about it really. Yeah, um, an interesting ground anyway, put it that way. Decent atmosphere though, to be fair. It was a good atmosphere from both uh, home and away fans. Um, I've, you know, Obviously it's, it's one of the first, I think it's the second home game of the season for, for Luton. Um, so they were in fine voice. Um, and they, made, they tried to make it hostile, to be fair to them. They tried to make it mm. a, a hostile atmosphere and, and use that home crowd to their advantage. Um, but it didn't work and, and credit to Albion's players for... for you know, for for overcoming that, and in particular, young Nathan Ferguson, who I just mentioned. You know, he got a lot of abuse and a lot of uh, booze from the from the home fans, um, purely just because he got fouled three times by Callum yeah, McManaman. Yeah. 
but um, I thought he dealt with that very maturely and very well. And, and another string to the to his bow of a you know a very promising eighteen year old. Yeah, I was going, I was going to touch on that before we actually talk about the game in depth. Um, I I glanced at you and we were both doing exactly the same thing as the halftime whistle went. We both had our eyes on on Nathan Ferguson because. He had to walk directly to where where you argue the hardcore Luton Town fans were in the tunnel, and you thought he might react here, he might do something, and I hope that he doesn't. But we both watched him, and to be fair to him, for someone his age, he handled it incredibly well. He did, and McManaman got subbed off if you mm. if you recall in the second half, so he won his battle. Um, like I said, just another string to his bow. I mean that that is the sort of test that a lot of teenagers will wilt under. Mm. But no, 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 uh, no such signs from Ferguson, and, and what a player he's developing into. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was a bit wasteful with possession against uh, Millwall the week before after his fantastic debut against Nottingham Forest. But I thought he was back to to, to quite a, a solid uh, level of performance against uh, Luton. Uh, you know. It's obvious that Matt Phillips has been told to drift inside and and and, and help out Kenneth Zahore, but that often leaves Ferguson with a lot to do on that right hand side yeah. by himself. But that just show, goes to show how much Billich trusts him because he's given him that whole flank to work with, and and so far he's he's doing well. And and Callum McManaman is a tricky customer to come up against. Okay, mm. I know his Albion career never really got off the ground, um, but he is one of those players that is in your face, doesn't give you a moment's peace. He's not going to make it an easy afternoon for you, as we saw. You know, yeah. he was determined to make it a battle. Ferguson more than stood up to that test, and um, he's a good young player, Ferguson. And, and what's pleasing is that Bilic has left him in the team, deservedly so. Um, even though they, you know, they have signed Darnell Furlong from QPR for one and a half mil, um, and Furlong's got a, got got to stake a claim. You know, it'd be yeah. interesting to see who starts on Wednesday. Um, against Reading obviously we've got two games coming up in quick succession mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be surprised to see Furlong play one of them um, but whether we can stake a claim to, to get ahead of uh, to get ahead of um, Ferguson in, in the in the team is another matter because he hasn't done too much wrong no certainly hasn't um, you surprised at how quick he's kind of broken into the first team fold I, I know we're going on a fair bit without even talking about the rest of the game here but the way he's kind of broken into this first team and had an impact straight away. It's, I mean, it's credit to him. It is. Um, I thought, I, I thought it was brave by, by Bilic to start him on the first day of the season. I'm glad he did because um, obviously they had signed the right back. I think it was deserved. It, it goes. To, it, it shows where Bilic's mind is with the young players. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't really criticise him because you know the fans criticise managers all the time for not playing the youngsters. So you can't criticise one that. When when he does, yeah, and Ferguson has looked. Well, he's not looked out of place by any stretch. He's looked. He's just looked like a, a very competent senior player. So um, I think he's 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 keeping his place there on merit so far. Mm. Um, like I said, it'd be interesting to see um, what happens this week. Um, whether Furlong can can make another claim because I, I must admit I've, I've also I mean I didn't see the Carabao Cup game against Millwall. But the game uh, in pre-season that I saw of Furlong, I was also impressed with him. So, mm. um, you know, that that looks like being quite a strong area of the pitch for for Albion at the moment. Yes, yeah, certainly does. Right, let's get on to the game. Um, I mean, only one place to start, really. I mean, Grade A stuff from Grady Dean Garner. Absolutely, and uh, another good pun. Yeah, I went. With, I went for it was different Grady. Um, oh yeah, but I like I like your one actually. Grade A from Dean Garner. It 
it's amazing how uh, quickly perceptions of the season ahead can change because yeah. after, at half time Albion were 1-0 down and you thought okay if they lose this then the start to the season hasn't been that great because they got away with not got away with one but they they won a, an edgy game on the first day of the season against Forest okay they looked tidy at times but both goals had an element of luck about them yeah. then they draw it home to Millwall a, t- a game you'd expect them to win but you know they got frustrated on that game and then if you lose a, 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 you know away a promoted side and all of a sudden it's a bad start to the season yeah but Dean Garner comes on um, and provides exactly what what they've been missing so far and that was penetration you know an mm. injection of um, pace and cutting edge um, and basically just finishing off the moves you know I mean the first the, fir- the first goal was was the most pl- was one of the most pleasing ones I think because yeah. um, that's what Albion weren't doing in the first half mm. shift it shoot test the keeper try you know Livermore had a great first half yeah and he he, he did test the keeper from range Um but very few others were, were, were. I don't remember Zahore having a shot. Now I'm not. He had, he was he was improved on Saturday, Ken Zahore, and I think actually there 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 are tentative signs that he could develop as the, as as the uh, weeks wear on. Um, but there was a lack of cutting edge in that first half, and he did, it did yeah. feel like the first two games of the season. Loads of pretty passing. Okay, it was probably about a fifty-fifty game at halftime. Luton. You know, you wouldn't begrudge them the lead, I would say, because they played some nice stuff, particularly in the midfield. Um, but I think Alvin also could have deserved to have gone in level. Yeah. But Dean Garner offered that magic spark that's been missing, you know. And um, the first goal was was brilliant. The second goal was instinctive diving header after you know Kravinovich almost seemed inspired by Dean Garner. Oh well. We can shoot from range. We're allowed to shoot. From we're allowed to shoot. Area. Yeah, we're allowed to shoot. Okay, yeah, cool. We'll shoot. And then after that, they were they were brilliant. In the second half, yeah. I thought they were flooding forward at every opportunity. The only thing that I would say was they left themselves slightly vulnerable to the counter attack at two one, which was a slightly dangerous. Mm. But that I don't. I'm not against that adventure. They tried to go and kill the game. Billy sent on Pereira, who I also thought looked good. Yeah, and Austin, who will get goals in this team. I mean, if he stays fit, he'll get goals. There's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, in ten minutes. He hit the post and had a couple more shots. I mean, he looked more threatening than Zahora did in 80, yeah. in 80 minutes. Now, that's not to say that Zahora didn't do some good work for the team. You know, with his back to goal, he was laying the ball off, particularly in the second half. He was he was running around. He was making a nuisance of himself. But Austin's got that predatory instinct. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw it in, in the second half. And Dean Garner burns his two players down the wing. And Austin is furiously pointing at the near post. That's where I want the ball. That's where I want, where I want the ball. Dean kind of plays it in and um, he sweeps it and nine times out of ten that goes in yeah. but it hits the post and you know he's denied a goal so promising signs I think actually based on Saturday and, and with a bit, bit of time to think about it it's actually promising that Zahore and Austin are slightly different as well mm. um, Zahore looks like a, a back to goal sort of player capable of laying the ball off to what Billich described as the danger men in the second uh, in the second area of sort of the second tier you know that three behind the striker yeah Kravinovic Pereira Dean Garner Phillips Edwards those players that that you know, they've already scored four goals between them and, well, and hopefully they'll score some more um, you know I think it's going to be a slightly different look to the team than, than, than last season when it was all so reliant on the two strikers I think we're going to see a few goals from midfield this this time around um, so Zahore is good at that whereas Austin is your poacher yeah he is your goal scorer now I think Austin will be the starting 
uh, striker. But if he's not firing or he doesn't it doesn't come off for him for whatever, for whatever reason, hopefully Zahore can get up to speed and, and, and be a good option off the bench. And you never know, they might even be able to play alongside each other, mm. you know, um, in that sort of big man, little man combo. So, um, yeah, promising signs, I, I felt, particularly second half, which was the missing ingredient against Millwall uh, and Forrest, that, that cutting edge. And, you know, the, for all of the pretty passing behind, I thought Romain Sawyers again looked very tidy and Jake Livermore had a great game. I think those two are blossoming into a really good relationship and a really good partnership in midfield. Mm. Um, what they were missing was that cutting edge. But the three attackers that finished the game looked dangerous and, um, yeah, bodes well for for well, for the few, rest of the season, really. Yeah, it does. I mean, have you seen a much better league debut from a player before, Matt? I mean, because it wasn't just wasn't just the goals. I mean, there were clips going around on Twitter of you know first touches and him beating players. I mean, it was a fantastic league debut. I thought. Well, Harvey Barnes springs to mind last season um, when he curled in that that twenty five yard screamer with yeah. his with his wrong foot. wasn't bad, was it? Now they lost that game against Bolton, but Barnes announced himself after you know we'd scored a couple of goals in the pre preseason as well, so. That was when people realised oh, we've got a player on our hands in Harvey Barnes. And I think everyone's realising the same with Dean Garner. Um, he played 17 Premier League games last season in, yeah. a, in, a, in a West Ham team, which Billich was quick to point out has plenty of attacking talent. Mm. They rate him very highly. So it's, it's a bit of a coup for Albion to get him. I'm, Billich has pulled a few strings. You know, Derby were leading the way in, in getting him, but Billich yeah. um, called up, uh, you know, one of his old bosses, David Sullivan, and and pulled in a favour and got and got a player which does look like being the potential. Okay, it's forty five minutes, and as Billich said afterwards, you know, let's not get carried away. It's forty five minutes. Yeah, he needs to do it for the whole season. But he does look like he's got the potential to be this year's Harvey Barnes because Luton had no um, answer to his pace and his power and his directness and his touch, and he just looks he he looks like a very very competent player with the all-important end product which I think is sometimes what lacks um, for Carl Edwards although Edwards has has scored two goals already for Albion you know against Brentford last season and against Nottingham Forest on the, on the starting day so I'm not writing him off by any stretch mm. of the imagination and Billich was quick to point out you know I didn't drag Kyle because Kyle was playing badly we just needed some some spark um, and he's and he's spot on because um, I actually thought Edwards had a better first half than Phillips. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Um, I thought Phillips looked a bit off it, to be honest, on Saturday. And, and, and his place must surely now be under threat because of the way that Dean Garner and Pereira are playing, or at least the way that they played on Saturday. Um, so, you know, plenty of options now and plenty of, uh, of uh, interesting decisions for Billich to make in the, in the coming days. Yeah, certainly. Um, hit and miss, uh, Matt. First hit, uh, you touched on it, Jake Livermore. He was fantastic, and it's not very often that we've come out on the podcast and really said, you know, Jake Livermore had a hell of a ninety minutes, but he really did against Luton. Yeah, and he's capable capable of doing this. Um, he did it a couple of times last season. I think in Stoke at home, he was brilliant. Mm. Um, I actually think what Livermore is benefiting from is playing alongside Sawyer's. I mm. think he's. I think Sawyer's is getting the best out of him. I think those two complement each other so nicely because in Sawyer's you've got your ball player. Give him the ball in a tight area, he'll look after it, he's comfortable with it. Livermore snaps into tackles, wins the ball back, passes it to Sawyers or passes it to one of the wingers, 
Um, and I think that breeds confidence. And when, when a player is confident, then they, then they start trying different things, they start doing different things. You know, for example, I don't think Dean Garner would pull off that outrageous touch on the touchline and burn in two defenders if he hadn't scored two goals. Yeah. I don't think Livermore um, spanks a, a, a 30 yard ball just under the crossbar, which the keeper had to tip over if he hadn't just made two really good tackles and a couple of nice passes. Yeah. So, when you're when you're having a good game as a player, you know it, and you, you're brewing with confidence. All of a sudden, you feel ten feet tall. Mm. Um, and I think Livermore just had one of those games on Saturday. But I think that's partly because of Soyers. I think Soyers is bringing out the best in the players around him. Players that looked a bit jittery last season. Carl mm. Bartley as well. He looks like a different player. Oh yeah, he's been phenomenal. He's been so good the last two games. Um, I, I just think he looks like a composed centre back now. Partly that's due to the fact that they're playing four at the back, and and Bartley looks better in in that system he did at the end of last season as well. But I think it's also because he knows he's got Sawyer's in front of him, that, and if he does get into a spot of bother, he can just pass to Sawyer's and mm-hmm. trust him to look after it. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter if Sawyer's has got one or two men on him. Um, he's going to look after the ball. He's gonna he's he's going to be calm, cool, and collected. I think that composure and that 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 calmness spreads. I think that's what's happening. You're seeing an Albion team now who are looking after the ball a lot more compo- with a lot more composure than they were last season. Um, and I think Soyuz is a big part of that. So, um, like you say, you asked me about Jake Livermore. I thought he was brilliant. I gave him an 8 out of 10. Um, best performance of, of, of his season so far. Um, and hopefully more to come. And, you know, it's interesting to see that relationship with him and, him and Soyuz because I think that's settled now I think already yeah. it's early days but I think already that's that's the first choice um, and I don't see unless there's an injury I don't see much being done to, 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 to change that mm. um, if they change formation and they go to a 4-4-2 would you maybe drop someone Kravinovic you probably wouldn't drop Kravinovic back I think Kravinovic is a, is a tidy player but I think he's number 10 yeah. so I think even if you play 4-4-2 you'd have those two there and you'd maybe ask Sawyers to push forward a bit more and be a bit more creative mm. but I think in, in this in this formation certainly um, those two are, are forging quite a blossoming partnership Just off kilter a little bit you touched on Bartley do you reckon Hagazi's going to have a little bit of trouble getting back into this starting level? He might do I mean he, he had a great season last season um, but Bartley and Ajay look the goal that they conceded um, was not great uh, because it was a free header, but Ajay fell over. Mm. Um, he slipped, and that does that can happen. You know that can happen. It's an accident, so it's difficult. I think Billich was more annoyed and concerned about the fact that Gibbs didn't close down the cross. Which, by the way, is something that, that we've spoken about before. Something that Gibbs doesn't really do. I mean, he's, Gibbs is a fantastic technical player, great on the ball, yeah, really enjoyable to watch when he's, you know, weaving in and out of players going up the left wing. But he doesn't really close down the cross very well, and I think that's probably why he's not a Premier League player. Yeah, um, you know that he does have deficiencies to his defending. Um, but anyway, going back to Bartley and, and, and Ajay, I think Ajay was brilliant at Forest, if, if memory serves. Um, I didn't think in a great game, particularly against um, against Luton. I thought Bartley was better of the two. Yeah. Um, but Higazi is probably you know. Who does he come in for? Does he come in for Bartley? Does he come in for Ajay? It's difficult at the moment. You'd, you wouldn't say that either of them deserve to be dropped, but you wouldn't. You'd also would understand if Hagazi came back. Mm. Um, I think he's got some you know, some work to do. Uh, of course, Ajay can also play in that midfield role. Yeah. If say for, you know, when 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 he comes back um, in a couple of uh, I think it's a couple of months. So it's the second international break. Um, you know he. 
there might be injuries, or you know, then if Livermore's got an injury or something, you know, that he's a ready-made replacement, a giant. You can switch it around that way. So, yeah. um, you know, the games do come thick and fast. You're not always going to have your starting eleven, so there might be an opportunity for Agassi to get in that way. Mm. But like you say, I mean, it's 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 not clear cut um, so far. Um, I, I do think Bartley's played well the last two games. I just imagine it's Bartley's and Jai's shirts to lose at the moment, as opposed to Hagazi going to walk right back in. Yeah, I think if they can keep if they keep conceding headers, then Hagazi might be back in for somebody. But yeah. I don't know who. Um, you know, if they if that that could continue to be a problem, then maybe they'll look to bring him back. But yeah, like you say, it's probably theirs to lose at the moment. Mm. Um, one not again. You kind of touched on this. Matt Phillips for me struggled a little bit. I don't know whether it was just one of them games for him. He's he does have spells where he looks unplayable, but then Luton he just looks a bit slightly off the pace. I think he's struggling to know exactly where Billich wants to play him. Mm. You saw last season he he was almost revolutionised as a sort of central midfield in a midfielder in a midfield three. I think this season they're trying to play him as on on the right wing of that front three but getting him to drift inside to help out Zahore because he's mm. big and powerful and can play up front as, you know, occasionally like an inside forward yeah but I think he's better out on the wing personally I just think he's better as a, as a flyer Yeah, and uh, that's what I would like to see him do more of get some more chalk in his boots and stay out there and, and, and help Ferguson out a bit more um, so I'm not I'm loath to criticise Phillips because it might not necessarily be him it might just be a new position a new sort of ideas under Billich of trying yeah. to get him to drift inside a little bit more but I think he's best beat, you know one on one beating a man whipping a ball in and I also think that might benefit Zahore a bit more mm. but you know we'll wait and see to see how that one develops but like I said I mean his, his position is probably under threat I mean at the moment you'd probably say Dean Garner and, and, and Phillips were your first choice maybe yeah um, but if Pereira comes on and has another impact, and or Edwards, you know, scores a couple more, or, or Phillips you know, might find himself uh, shunted down the pecking order a little bit. So, you know, there's there's plenty of competition for places up there. Mm. Um, another hit, as you said, Charlie Austin came on and for ten minutes looked a real threat. You wonder when is when is he going to be starting regularly over Zohar? I think it's just down to fitness, personally. Um, as I've said before. But it's sort of uh, let slip that Austin was his number nine, even though Zahore is the number nine. Mm. Um, I think he's first choice um, when he's fully fit. Um, but it's just about whether he's fully fit. Now, is he going to be fully fit for Wednesday? Interestingly, he only got 10 minutes on Saturday. Are they holding him back for Wednesday? Yeah. Um, although Bilic did seem to suggest that he wasn't going to make too many changes for Wednesday and he might make more changes for the Derby game on Saturday. So... Mm. You might give him a bit, just a bit more time on Wednesday, and then see if he's ready for Saturday. Um, you know, I think after that, there's, there's the Blackburn game, and then it's the international break. So, I think he'd probably want him to start one game before the international break. Otherwise, you know, that that sort of match fitness, getting yourself up to match sharpness, drags on. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but I also think Zahore would benefit from more minutes. I think you know. Slowly but surely, you know, particularly in that second half, he he he's, he he improved. So it's it's a tricky one. Um, it's a tricky one. But but it's just say afterwards, you know, they'll both score goals. Um, but I think everyone really really knows that 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 Austin is the main the main the main striker or the or the main 
um, goal strike goal getter we should say in, in, in this team you get the feeling as well with, with someone like Austin that he he won't he, I'm not saying that he's going to throw his toys out the pram or anything but he'll be a little bit frustrated not starting games I think he will if he's not fit I'm sorry he will if he's completely fit mm. um, I think he's come he's, he's, he's come to to Albin to play football that's, that's, that's obvious and I think he will I think he'll be the main man once he's fit Mm. It's just about managing his fitness because, as we know, he he has got problems with with injuries. I'm not sure how much he played in pre-season for Hasenhutel because I think the relationship there broke down. So, yeah. um, if he's, you know, I wonder if he's going to get. He might he might get a start uh, later on this week. We'll we'll wait and see. Mm. Right, and we've you know we're three games into the season now, Matt. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to do a proper championship prediction now. I know we've talked about it before, whether you think Albion can go up this and that. We're going to go in-depth. We're going to look at the league. We're going to look at who we're going to think are going to finish where. And then at, you know we'll, we'll obviously review these later down the line. Um, so, you know, you look at the season now, West Brom, you know, third in the table. Is that a fair reflection? Is that where you think they're going to be looking to finish this season? Now, it's early days. But based on what I saw on Saturday... And based on the level of control in possession that Albin have had and the platform that they've got and particular now the cutting edge that they appear to have added to the mm. team, I think that they're going to finish in the top six. I think they've got I think they're looking quite strong now. Um, whether they finish in the top two or not depends on a number of factors. Um, depends on obviously on what they do. But also on what other teams do, you know, there will there will be a team that will come from nowhere, and will be brilliant this season. There always is, um, and the, you know, Sheffield Wednesday or Swansea, they they might out of the early teams they might do well. Um, out of the the teams that you'd expect to be up there, I'm sure Leeds and Fulham will also be up there. So, mm. you know, I think they'll be in the mix. Whether they finish top two or not is another matter, but I, I, I think, based on what I've seen so far, I think top six is is a realistic uh, prediction for this team. Mm, right, I'm going to gun to your head, Matt. Top two, who are your top two this season? Gun to my head. Uh, I'll give you mine. Go on. Leeds and West Bromwich Albion. Well, see that 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 was where my gut is going, um, but then. Leeds don't always do it and Fulham I think look very strong um, my only question marks there is around the manager to be honest yeah um, I was surprised at Stoke by the way yes uh, um, apparently they, they're actually playing okay just not getting the results mm. but whether that means anything I don't, I'm not sure um, I'm going to say same for Middlesbrough actually apparently they're playing quite well as well but just yeah. not getting the, just you know not getting the results um, I would go for. It's impossible to predict this stage of the season. I think there are. I think every team has fallibilities. I think Leeds have got a great manager, but they, they don't have the strongest of squads. I think Fulham have got a great squad, but they don't have the strongest. Of, you know, they've got a rookie manager. Um, gun to my head, I'll go for Leeds and Albion as well. Okay. But I think I think Fulham will be up there. Fulham will be up there. Top six. Oh, we've got to do the whole top six? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. I'll go Leeds, Albion, Fulham. I'm, I've gone for them three. Um, and then I don't know. Um, 
I might say Bristol City. Bold. I can't uh, go to Derby. And then I might go for. There'll be a random. There'll be someone like uh, Swansea might get. Might, oh, but I don't know. Uh, no, maybe not Swansea. Um, I don't know. I can only do those four. It's okay. so tough. It's so tough. It is, it is at this point in the season as well because you look at the table and there are teams all over the shop who you'd think, oh no, they're going to be up here. I mean, you look at yeah, you look at teams like Derby and Forest, and they could they could finish anywhere between um, first and eighteenth. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, quite it, that, easily. That, that that is that is where we are. I mean, I, I don't know. My top six: Leeds, West Brom, Fulham, Derby, Forest. Brentford Brentford sneaking in there yeah nice relegation oh go scroll down to the bottom of the table um, relegation I'm going to go for Blues ooh oh, did, I mean did you see them against Forest yeah they, they haven't been great um, I don't think Clotet's going to last long um, Luton And um, oh, it's very difficult. I think Reading will be okay. Um, Blues, Luton, and oh goodness, I don't know. A yet to be unnamed side. A yet to be unnamed side. Um, I'll go for. Oh, I think Barnsley will be okay. I'll go for Barnsley just because I can't think of. No, Wigan, Wigan, Blues, yeah. Luton, and Wigan. I'm going for from bottom up Reading Blues Barnsley You think Reading are going to finish bottom? Yeah I don't think they'll do well Did you see that push cast on Sunday he scored two really good goals Yeah one player doesn't keep you up though well, I don't know if he scores 25 goals It's bold it's bold but that's what I'm going for um, Okay top scorer in the championship this season Oh, um, top scorer in the championship. Uh, right, who, who have we got then? Oh, probably going to be. Um, I might go for Mitrovic. Mitrovic. See, Fulham have got a good side. They've got a very good side, and there's a couple of players that you think, because you look at someone like Knockart as well. Yeah. Yeah, you probably you want someone who's just going to score all of their team's goals, don't you? Mm that's why I, I kind of look at Albin I think Charlie Austin if he stays fit you think Austin maybe I don't know I just don't know whether he'll be risked enough yeah I don't will know. Bilic play him week in week out yeah exactly Graben he always scores goals doesn't that's he? a good shout Graben always scores goals Graben's a good shout I'll go for Charlie Austin just because fair enough uh, championship player of the year oh god I don't know um uh Championship Player of the Year. I mean, they always go to strikers, don't they? These awards. Well, Sessegnon won it the year before. Well, they always go last. to attacking players, don't they? I want to make myself look like an idiot here. Um, it's, you know what? You can never call these things. Championship Player of the Year. Um, it's going to be someone that's going to get loads of goals and loads of assists and, and take his team up. So. With that in mind, I'll go for... And I'll tell you who it's going to be. It'll be Hernandez um, for Leeds. Because he, he missed out last year. It's a good shout. He'll probably, he'll probably be him. I'll side with you on that one, Hernandez. 
Okay, Albion's player of the season. I think um, it'll go to Sawyers. Sawyers is a good shout. Does Dian Garner stay for the year? I don't know. If I've gone top scorer, I've got to go for player of the season, Charlie Austin, as well, really. <laughs> Young player of the year for Albion. Uh, Ferguson. Ferguson's a good shout. I'm finding it hard to argue with Ferguson. Does Rakeem Harper? Mm. He's not playing at the moment. No, that's what I'm thinking. Edwards, maybe? Maybe Carl Edwards. Just for just for the sake of dif- difference, I'll go for that one. Um, right, anyone else who's got any predictions, then feel free to submit them. Uh, drop them in on the comments on Twitter or however you'd like to do it, either by email if you want. Um, let's go on to questions, shall we? Um, first one, Sophia Outlines. Is Billich still going to persist with zonal marking? Plenty of teams will come to the Hawthorns happy to rely on set pieces, and if we can't defend them better, it will be a fatal weakness for us. It's a good question. Um, we'll have to wait and see as the season wears on. I think it is, like I said earlier about the goal against Luton, I think that was partly down to Ajay slipping. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we'll wait and see. You know, there is no getting around the fact that they they considered two against from set pieces against against Millwall in the Carabao Cup. Um, I can't remember the goal against Millwall in the league. Was that also a set piece? Uh, yes, it yeah. was a second yeah. second phase set piece, wasn't it? Um, so it's one. It's certainly the weak, the the weakness at the moment. I suppose you could also flip it on its head and say, not conceding much from open play. Um, you know, you think about the the goals they've conceded so far. Two goalkeeper errors, really. Um, this is in the league. Two goalkeeper mm-hmm. errors and um, a slip from a from a defender. Those those are things that probably can be ironed out. You know, they're yeah. not being they're not being ripped apart. So you can flip it on its head, can't you? Um, yeah. But we'll you know we'll wait and see as that one goes. I mean, it's too early in, in, in really to to to, to see. Um, a couple months in, maybe. If yeah, a few more games. If if by the first international break there is a there is a pattern emerging, then I think yeah we can start to be concerned about them. Mm. James Duffy, are there any free agents we're looking at? Um, I'm not that I'm aware of. I think the squad is pretty pretty set. I would say there's two. Mm. There's you know there's unless there's any injuries. I think there's, there's you know there's two. I suppose where where would be the weakest area? Potentially up front. Depends what happens with Oliver Burke. Yeah. Um, whether he goes out on loan somewhere, and then you've only got three strikers and. One of them's injury prone, but if you're going to play four-two-three-one, you don't necessarily need that many. So, no, um, I, I don't think that's up, that's on the agenda at the moment. I don't think it'll be quite as you know, quite like it was last season when you're throwing in you know players like Tyrone Mears and you know Wes Houlihan into the mix. No, I, I shouldn't imagine so. Uh, Chris Lepkowski, general one. Everton planning a new stadium. Luton cracking on with theirs. Brentford move next season. Is this something Albion should have done or should look to do to grow as a club? Well, I think in terms of long-term planning, you always want to have the biggest stadium and and the best stadium you can. But I, I don't. I mean, I personally don't think that. I wouldn't like to see Albion leave the Hawthorns. Be more of an expansion. An expansion, maybe if it were if it was required. But they haven't really. You know, it's not. It's not. It's not full to the brim every week yeah. at, the, at the moment, so I don't think there's there's necessarily a need for it right now. And um, 
you know, if they, I don't think it's something that would be looked at in the championship. I, mean, I just don't think there's the funds for it. So if maybe it would require winning promotion back to the Premier League, sellouts every week, and then they'd, then they'd have to look at it. But I, I can't see it being on the agenda right now, mm. purely because um, the ground isn't selling out every week. Exactly. Yeah. Um, supply and demand, I imagine. Um, Cads, with all the departure of the academy staff, where are the club in the process of replacing them? Are the club concerned by the departures? What are the implications? So, Mark Lappleton's obviously already been appointed as the under-23s boss. I think the next step will be to appoint the academy manager to replace Mark Harrison, and I believe that process is is underway and, and, and may be completed soon. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, then everybody else falls in place because that person will then have their own people or, or, or you know they will be part of the recruitment pro- process alongside Luke Dowling yeah um, in terms of uh, are they concerned I think there is there is perhaps a realisation that they need to fill those those spots of course um, and I would I would say that Michael Appleton is probably quite a strong appointment as under 23's boss Um Obviously, he knows Luke Dowling from from their time together at Blackburn, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the, the concern for me would be players following their coaches. Yeah, you know, Alvin have got some very talented young players in that in that um, in that academy, the likes of Jamie Sewell, Finn Azaz. These are you know players who have reached the semi final of the FA Youth Cup, and you just want to keep hold of them. That's uh, and, you know that's there, there are more as well that I haven't mentioned. You know. England Youth Internationals below them mm-hmm. um, so that would be the concern that, that these players um, that these players leave for those reasons Because, but if you can show them a pathway and say hey look Nathan Ferguson's played played 25 championship games this season Yeah, um, Rakeem Harper's okay he's not he seems to have lost his place now to, to remain Sawyers but Rakeem Harper's played just signed a new contract 15 well, 15 Championship games. Carl Edwards has played twenty-five championship games this season. Then there might be some some players thinking, "Oh, actually, under Billich, we've got a manager here who is willing to trust youth if you're good enough." Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think what's crucial is getting a is getting the right replacements in. There's obviously been, uh, you know, a fall down, a breakdown in relationship between um, Luke Dowling and, and certain members of the of the academy, which has led to some departures. Um, I think. That wasn't the reason behind all the departures, but I think it was certainly the reason behind some of the departures, the changes that he's made, you know, um, as we've discussed before in the podcast, um, separating the academy from from the first team a bit more. Um, but what's important is what how he replaces it. Now, Dowling has obviously got his own vision for how the academy should be run, and we won't really know whether that's successful um, for a few years. You know, I suppose the argument would be that well, the academy was doing quite well beforehand, yeah. and um, you know it, it's it's difficult to know how far this is just a clash of personalities, or how far, or, or how much of it is 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 a you know systemic change in in approach. But we won't really be able to um, we won't really be able to you know analyse that until and it's going to be difficult in five five years time when we see what's the academy doing then. Mm. You know, it, under Mark, I firmly believe that under Mark Harrison, it has improved um, and produced some fantastic players. Nathan Ferguson, one of them, um, 
it's up to the people that come in and replace those coaches to continue that and, and if they can try and improve on it that's going to be very very tricky um, so we wait and see what happens um, but yeah I mean I think I think you know the, the academy always felt like a safety net to a lot yeah. of to a lot of supporters and to myself as well you know as, as, okay well if all things go tits up on the, on in the first team and on the main pitch we have got some youngsters coming through who are good and okay I mean I don't know everybody has their own opinions on this but I feel like if you had a team with five or six academy players from the area in the team you might accept a bit of a mid-table finish in the championship yeah. if you felt like you were growing something and building something for the future um, now Dowling's remit is obviously to get the club back up to the Premier League as quickly as possible I think there would be there would be some people who believe that that could have been achieved by by keeping the academy happy, but the proof will be in the pudding ultimately. Mm. Um, and if if they go up, if they win promotion this year, the the I suppose the the sheer fact of the matter is that, and if they do it with Nathan Ferguson at right back and Carl Edwards on the wing, you know the sheer and those players were produced by by um, by this previous regime. But the sheer fact is that the fans will probably be quite happy with that. So, mm. um, like I said, it's going to be difficult to to really um, know the impact this summer is having on the academy straight away. We'll have to wait for another, well, at least 12 months. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of good coaches have left mm-hmm. um, and it's about who they're replacing them with. Um, but like I said, I think Michael Appleton is, is a strong appointment as under-23's boss. Um, but, you know, they do need to make some more uh, appointments in that area, certainly. Yeah. Uh, follow-up question as well from Cads. Are the club discussing new contracts with Ferguson, Edwards and Saul as they're all in there last year? Um, I should imagine so. Um, that, Considering they're in there last year, that, that would probably be part. I mean, I think... I think um, there are... Obviously, after the transfer window shuts the next port of call would be okay right who's who do we need to tie down to new yeah. deals Matt Phillips Carl Edwards Nathan Ferguson Jamie Saul they're all in the last year as, as that guy said so that I'm sure that's that's the next sort of port of call um, you know also the, the, these changes to the academy that would also be need, needs to be addressed so uh, now the transfer window is shut I'm sure that's what um, what Luke Dowling and Mark Jenkins are looking at mm. Uh, Mark Colley is there a possibility that Oliver Burke might go on loan to a lower league club and Albion pay his wages I think it would benefit the player and the club that he gets game time and goals I think that would largely be up to Bilic um, whether he wants to keep him or whether he doesn't want to use him I wasn't at the the Carabao Cup game with Millwall but I heard that Burke struggled yeah he didn't do great and um that was his chance, wasn't it? To be honest, that mm. was his chance to, to to stake a claim. And I'm afraid that it, you know, as 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 the months and the years wear on, that 15 million pound purchase is looking more and more disastrous. And um, you know, it's difficult to criticise a young player because you don't really you don't really want to criticise a young player who's been thrust into the limelight um, in the way that Oliver Burke has. But um, and it's not necessarily his fault that that, that he didn't pick the prize successive tag. clubs have paid this much money for him, um, but 
he does not look like anywhere near a fifteen million pound player. I mean, he barely looks like a one point five million pound player at the moment. Mm. So, um, it it's um, it's certainly a millstone hanging around his neck and also the club and um, a bit of a, a bit of a disastrous uh, signing. In, in, but in in all respects, because he wasn't even in the squad on Saturday, and I don't think anybody missed him. Um, I'd be surprised if he got much game time this season. So, sending him out on loan to a League One club or even abroad might be the best might be the best bet. Or if you can, just cut your losses and maybe sell him. Because um, yeah. I just don't. I'm. I've, I've tried to. You know. I, I think last season Luke Dowling made a concerted effort. Well, let's see what he can do. You know, he's got this pace. Let's use him up front. Mm. And I think there was a, a an idea at the club of he could be a striker. Let's send him. Okay, he didn't really do it at Albi. At Albi. Okay, let's send him to Celtic. What a what a fantastic club to go to and 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 be a striker. You know, he was a striker at Celtic. Yeah. And under Brendan Rodgers, he was doing okay. I and mean, obviously, the, what happened with Neil Lennon happened. Um, fell out of favour there. But you know, if you're an Albion fan, um, and you see, you know, you see Oli Burke coming off the bench, you've got no faith that he's going to deliver anything. No. Whereas if you, you know, I, I just think. Probably is time for him to go, whether on loan or 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 um, or to be sold, because it it just hasn't worked out, and it looks like being one of the, the most uh, disastrous signings perhaps in the club's history. Yeah, I can personally see him going abroad more than into one of the lower leagues. I just think, as a player, that is he really going to want to play League One, League Two? Considering he's been at Celtic, doesn't, he's been at Albion. Doesn't matter where he wants to play; he needs to play. And he's not going to get it out of the Hawthorns, so mm. I'm sorry. You, sometimes you have to, you know. I'm not saying he, he. I don't know. I don't know what he wants to do. Maybe he does want to go to League One, but I, th- I think he need, if that's the situation, he needs to he needs to grab it. Mm. Uh, Richard Downing, what's happened to the cap presentation, Matt? Has it stopped now? Dave Bowler has left the club. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, to be to be brutally honest, um, obviously. I think it was an idea started by Dave. Um, I've not seen any suggestion that it's not continuing, but again, I don't think I've seen another cat presentation since. Um, so I don't know about that one. Mm. Uh, Carl Jones, what is happening with Willock? Well, I don't think much is happening with Willock. I think he's he's training with the with the team. I think Dean Garner um, and Pereira were. Not only had played, maybe had more preseason, but also just a higher quality player. I think. I think. Yeah. I think. I think Willock is, as I said, perhaps on deadline day, he's been brought in as a squad player. You know, is it that sort of maybe even a fourth striker behind uh, Robson Carnu, mm-hmm. um, someone capable of filling in for um, uh, Kravinovic, number ten, if if you know, if if desperate. I thought I'd. I think we'll we we may see him at, at, at some stage, but I just think you know these these players need to get up to speed. And I think Austin Pereira and um, Dean Garner are just higher quality, which is why they are being brought up to speed first. Mm. So, um, you know, as I said, as I said at the time, I think he's been brought in for, for for squad to boost the squad rather than to play in the first team. Yeah. Um, but if he gets a chance and takes it, then you know you never know. Um, but be interesting to see if he gets in the squad on Wednesday or Saturday because you know they've got um, they've got uh, two games coming up in quick succession. But the competition is fierce up there in, in, in the top end of the pitch. 
Yeah, certainly is. Um, boing boing baggy. Would we have been better retaining Sam Field as there are limited natural replacements for Jake Livermore? I think Samia Jay could could maybe do that that job. I if think. you've got Barry coming in as well, and if you've got Gareth Barry coming in, I mean, Gareth Barry I see more as a backup to Sawyer's, mm. but he can also probably do that role that Livermore does. Um, so I think. I, I think the move is what Sam Field needs. Unfortunately, he's not actually played any any games for Charlton yet, I don't believe. Jonathan Lico has, has has been getting minutes, but Sam Field hasn't. I hope he I hope he doesn't um I hope that's not a sign of things to come for Sam Field. Um It'd be a shame that if he doesn't if he doesn't feature that often online. It would be a shame. Because um, he's obviously gone there to get minutes. Matt Slater. What are the weakest and strongest positions in the squad? Hmm, good question. Um, I think they're quite strong in central midfield. Sawyer's, yeah. Livermore, Barry when he comes back, Ajay, um, Harper, Chris Brunt if necessary. Um, the weakest positions. At the moment you'd say centre-back. Yeah. Because you've got Ajay and Bartley and then behind that just O'Shea. Is that right? Yes, yeah. Water. Uh, Fitzwater and um, but Fitzwater might go on loan to, to a lower league club yeah. um, O'Shea and Darnell Furlong can also play centre back so um, until Hagazi comes back probably centre back maybe mm, that's fair James Paul do you think that we will struggle at home due to the way teams will set up against us well it was interesting that um, Arwin have won they're both their away games and they got 55% possession and 51% possession and in the home game against Millwall, they had 73% possession they drew. Mm-hmm. And this was a trend last season when they seemed to be better without the ball. Now, actually, I think Albion are better with the ball than they were last season. Um, there seemed to be more, there's more mm-hmm. composure and more control of, of, of in possession. But um, it, is, it is difficult to break down you know, well-organised and resolute teams as we found against Millwall in the first home game. Um, now, hopefully, the, the the deadline day signings now they're up to speed will provide a bit of that cutting edge so they can cut through that. Um, and Millwall are one of the best in the business at it. I don't think we should forget that. You know, they are they are. I think if you saw the the, the game that they um, they won against Sheffield Wednesday at the weekend, I think mm. they had a similar hardly any shots, hardly any hardly any of the ball, but they still came away with a one 0 win. So they are one that they, that should be remembered. That two of the two you know the two games that Arwin haven't won so far this season came against the same side who are great at doing that. Yeah. So you know, um but I do think it, it it's a theme. You know, you want your home form to be good. Um I feel like and, and this might be misplaced positive you know optimism, but I do feel like Albion now have the quality up front to 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 beat those teams. Mm. Um, I think Sawyer's is a is a big one for those those kind of games. Well, you say that, but against Millwall, you know, he passed a lot of way, passed a lot sideways and backwards. I think actually, what you want is, your, is Kravinovic and what you want is Dean Garner and and Pereira and Austin players with a bit of pace and a bit of, you know, passing doesn't scare teams mm. because they're organised. Pace scares teams and and incisiveness and the ability to put one in the top corner from twenty yards. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a bit of quality. And I think actually now I've been of have a bit of quality in the final third that they might be able to get through those sort of teams. But we wait and see. Hopefully it doesn't become a, a trend. Like, you know, it'd be interesting to see how Reading play 
on Wednesday yeah. at the Hawthorns. I think they might, I mean, from what I see, I think they might actually go for it a little bit more than the Millwall did. And I think with when that space is exploited, is is available in behind the midfielders, particularly in behind, you know, in that little space where Kovinovic plays in between the defence and midfield, I think that's where Albion can strike. Yeah. You saw in the second half against Luton on Saturday, once the space opened up, they looked very good. Lovely little passing in in, in between. Mm-hmm. So I think I think um, hopefully more. You know, if teams don't come to the Hawthorns and sit back, um, but it's interesting to see that Albion have um, made the most significantly the most successful passes in the opposition's half. Seven hundred mm-hmm. odd. Next is uh, Leeds with six fifty, and after that it's it's uh, Preston with five hundred and twenty. So Albion are. Teams are sitting back against them, or Albion are pushing them back, and yeah. it's about finding a way of cutting through that. And sometimes you just got to do what Dean Garner did and and put it in the bottom corner from twenty yards. Yeah. So, um, or just have a shot. You know, shoot, something might happen. You know, they might they might have a bubble. You, the keeper might spill it. This is the Championship, not the Premier League. They're not all clinical keepers. Just mm. I think. Um, even though they had 23 shots on Saturday, I felt like in the first half there was a fear of shooting. They tried to yeah. overplay it a little bit. Yeah. Just, just smack it at the goal. You're good enough. Yeah, just have a go. Just have a go, mate. Have a, have a go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hashtag trend. If Charlie Austin set off from Oldbury at 7pm and Kenneth Zahor set off from Wensbury at 6.45pm, who would reach the Hawthorns first? Oh, what a question. Um, I think... Uh, would they both reach it at the same time? Is that is that the? Um, I don't. I'm, I'm not sure. Is that that's normally the answer to these questions? Ordinarily, yeah. They both reach it at the same time. I'd say. Okay, there we go. Um, any more? Any more? Any more? Um, do you think a midfield of Livermore and Sawyer's has the legs to deal with Aharia, Jao, Puskas, etc. on Wednesday? That's the one thing I would say about that pairing. Um, although Livermore looks like he's slimmed down this season and he looks a lot. He looks in a lot better shape. Um, he looks less like a bodybuilder and more like a footballer. Yeah. Um, there were times in the second half against Luton where I felt that Sawyer's and Livermore were tiring a little bit, mm. and players were running, running off, running off them. And I, I thought, oh, you might, you, you might want to bring on a midfielder here. Um, he sent on Austin instead, which is completely understandable. Yeah. Um, so that is a question, particularly after. You know, in a three-game week, how are they going to fare? You might want to, you know, get on Raheem Harper or, or Chris Brunt or somebody, or just or just somebody to shore up that midfield um, if they are tiring. Um, mm. But I think so. You know, Sawyer's did enough. I mean, he, he, and, and Livermore's snapping into tackles. I think they. We'll see. We'll see. But um, I don't. I certainly don't think the midfield is as sluggish as it was last season. Put it that way. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Right, let's talk West Brom Reading. Um, Wednesday, of course, seventeenth at the moment. Reading. Do you fancy Albion, or do you think it's going to be a tougher game than many people predict? Well, based on what they did on Sunday against Cardiff, I don't think it's going to be a walkover. I don't think Reading will be. A lot of people are tipping them to go down, <coughs> like you. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be in as much trouble as as, as certain people think. Um, they seem to have done some quite good business. I don't know how they can afford it because they've done a lot of business for a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I haven't really looked into it, but I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. Too sure. Weren't they? Weren't they in danger of going on their FFP last season? I mean, so? it's, it's all very iffy. Some of this. I mean, you, you look at the way clubs have negotiated this, and Villa, you know, 
did some work with the training with the with the stadium and oh they sold their yeah, training they, they sold they their sold stadium it, yeah. but they've sold it to their owners and some other wiggles around FFP uh, other clubs have done similar things so you do wonder I wonder what Reading have done but they've they've spent a lot of money and they bought in some what look like good players I mean Pushkas looks like a great player um, Luka Zhao had is hot and cold he could mm. be he could be brilliant um, so I don't think they're going to be a pushover at all but it's the sort of game that you know a Wednesday night game at home against Reading it's the sort of game that if you want to go up automatically you need to win yeah and that that is it and if you you know well, there was that stat going around wasn't there that last season Albion's longest uh, was it winning streak was three or unbeaten streak yeah it wasn't it wasn't very long their, their longest unbeaten streak wasn't that long and actually you need to go on those sorts of unbeaten streaks if you want to if you want to finish in the top two be interesting to see um, you know if, if they can if they can win tomorrow I mean what a start to the season mm. uh, but it's um, sorry Wednesday but I don't think it's going to be a pushover um, who starts for you well Bilic seemed to suggest on Saturday that he's not going to make many changes for this game but he will make changes for the game against Derby yeah I don't know I'd, I'd, I would be inclined to throw Dean Garner in I think he's earned it I think you can't not start him after that for Edwards I would probably I would probably drop him in for Edwards but if he dropped him in for Phillips again I don't think Phillips would have too much complaints mm. but I think Dean Gunner is naturally left footed so uh, that you know <laughs> well he could swap for either of them to be fair but uh, yeah I, I would put Dean Garner in if Austin's fit I would start him but I don't know if he's fully match fit I don't think he's ready for for, for a start so then again you, you might look at putting a Zahore starting Zahore hoping that he sort of picks up where he left off in the last game um, and and has discovered you know discovered that or has has built a bit more of a partnership and a relationship with the people behind him like Kravinovic um, and maybe bring Austin on for the last half an hour mm. that might be the way the way forward but it's um I wouldn't. Re- I wouldn't change Sawyer's and Livermore unless unless they were you know fatigued or injured. I wouldn't change the back four. Um, so yeah, that that would be the. But I don't. I, I do think it'd be really, really tough on Dean Garner not to start after what he did. Um, now, if he doesn't start, um, then I think he'd be coming on very early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fifty minutes, I would imagine, because. You can't have that that sort of impact and, and not be rewarded for it, in my in my opinion. Mm. Prediction? I'd like to. Oh, I don't know. My my head is saying draw. My heart is saying a uh, win. I, I. It depends on the team. I mean, it, it, it depends. I mean, it depends how Reading play. You know, people forget this. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'll go for two one to West Brom. But with the caveat that if it's two-two, uh, I also went for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> In which case, I'm going for nil-nil, one-nil, two-one. No, I think I'll go. I'm going to go for a barnstorming four-two victory. Four-two. Four-two. Goals galore. Goals galore. And that was the score. 
at home to Reading last season, I think. Oh, was it? I think. I might be wrong there. Good knowledge from you. Was it Reading? 4 so. 2? Oh, I don't. No, I think I'm wrong there. I think I got that hopelessly wrong. But Either way. Either way. They scored. They, they, they won a lot of games 4 4 2 uh, at the start of the season last season. Yeah. Um, and we'll quickly touch on Derby. I know it's a long way away. Is that going to be the toughest game of the season yet for West Brom? Uh, away at Derby? I think White Forest will be up there as well. Um, I've, to me, those teams are very similar. They're sort of in that in that bracket of playoffs, maybe a bit further back. Um, I'm interested to see how how Philip Koku's derby fare. I mm. haven't really caught much of them. I don't know how they've been playing at all. Actually, um, didn't they draw two two with someone the other day? They're unbeaten so far. I know that they're unbeaten. Okay, so they're not doing too bad. Um, they've got some good players. That, you know, Waghorn knows where the net is, so it will be tough. Um, obviously, the last time Albion went to Derby was the final day of their season, and they got pretty handily beaten. But um, Derby have lost a few of their players since yeah, then. A lot of loanies last year. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, again, if 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 Bilic has got a full complement and he play and Charlie Austin starts, you never know. Yeah. So. Um, that will be a good game, and there's a reason it's been picked for live TV coverage. That'll be a that'll be a bit a, a cracker jack, I think. Um, I mean, if they come away with four points out of the next two games, you'd be you'd be mightily pleased, wouldn't you? Five game unbeaten start. I can't ask for more than that. Yeah, I'd, I'd take that. Um, my prediction for that one: two all. Two all. My, oh, you want a prediction for me, do you? Yeah, rather than, well, just, rather yeah. than just waffling on. Prediction, prediction is always a nice way to round off discussion. Okay, I'll go for. Yeah, I'll go, I'll, I'll, I agree with you. I think it'll be a draw, but I'll, I'll go for something outrageous like 3 3. Score draw your way. I reckon 3 3. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be fun. 12 30 kickoff as well. Yeah. Get a nice get the evening to yourself, Matt. And, mm, I'll be doing a lot of work, I think. Still be working, I guess. Yeah. And, and the work never stops for Matt Wilson. <laughs> right, that just about does it from us. Uh, Matt, anything else to add? No, just uh, obviously like and review the uh, podcast and uh, we will see you at the Hawthorns on Wednesday. Yeah, we certainly will. So Wednesday and the weekend for both of us. Are you coming to both? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant, look forward to it. Right, let's hope for six points from two games, shall we? But I'll tell you what we take for. Um, Until next time, it's bye-bye from me and bye-bye from Matt.